0: Welcome to Quarantine Chronicles with Isa and Deanna. And today we have our special most beloved teacher, Miss Lascaris. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Miss Lascaris, can you please introduce yourself and what subject you teach?
1: Hi. So yeah, I've told my girls that they've graduated. They can actually call me by my first name now, which is Gabriella. Nobody believes me. They still don't call me by my first name, but it's fine. Maybe by the time they're fifty, um, I have been an English teacher for a, a New York City middle school for the past eight years. But I have been teaching for nine years. I was at a school in Long Island, actually my former high school. So. Um, yeah, I just absolutely love English as a subject. I think that. It without, it, in really all languages, not just English, it's the gateway to success for every subject. You're reading, you're writing, you're listening, your speaking skills, and of course, you know, never mind the academic side, but the creative side, the therapeutic side, the expressive side, um, there's just such beauty in that, and of course, um, I've been sent way too many English teacher memes lately, whether it's uh, ragging on my fashion, my converse. And my jeans, or um, the more sweet and loving ones, where it's like everybody has that English teacher that they can go cry to, and yeah, I was just—I was a student that loved school, and um, I want my students to love school, even the ones that you know maybe never did, and just find their voice if nothing else. So that's how I feel about English. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So.
2: Like, that's, like, a big summary of, like, what you do. So, like, I know we've, so we have, we've had classes together. So, we know what it's like to be students in quarantine. So, what's it like being a teacher during quarantine?
1: I knew this question was coming, and when I was in the shower before, I was like, okay, what, what do do I want to say? What words come to mind? Um, And really, the biggest things are, one stressful as could be i feel like i am a first year teacher all over again just trying to stay afloat and figure it all out not because i'm not necessarily tech savvy um you know i know my way around a computer i am in the millennial category uh so it, it wasn't so much that but just completely transforming everything overnight getting everybody logged on and never mind again the academic portion of it but just making sure that my students were okay um mentally emotionally all of the above um so the, the first word is stressful and just so much miscommunication on uh, un, the unknown confusion what's to come um so that's the first thing that comes to mind the second is just disheartening really you know there was a point where uh, I was just getting bad news on the daily and I'm, I'm just still strictly focusing on the teacher side of myself not the other elements of my identity and just oh another co-worker's family member passed away and a student has covid and so-and-so lost their job and so-and-so who was a great student is now failing because they are just so lost in their emotions depression anxiety all of the above so it was dark for, you know, just to be blunt about it. And um, it's, again, a paradox. But at the same time, it was also extremely rewarding. Um, I was lucky enough, my when the pandemic first started to at least know my students in person and have a rapport with them and know their faces and their voices and their mannerisms and their jokes and, you know, all all of the above. So when we transitioned to online learning, I was at least still able to touch upon those things and call back to jokes and of course harass another math teacher we all know and love Mm -hmm. the true goat I bow down to him always um but with that being said there was such um compassion and such gratitude you know what a big softy I am you know I'm still the teacher that cries every year on the last day of school hugging everybody goodbye but um you know the thank you letters that I got and just the one-on-one conversations and talking to students, parents, and, you know, even you guys, like you guys are always going to be my babies, just trying to be there as much as possible for everyone to keep the sunshine going. And um that's also honestly how I coped with all of the crap too, it's just like, all right, I need to be strong for them, they need somebody to help carry them through this right now, and if I were in their shoes, like, where would I be right now, because, uh, again, huge shocker here, I was a nerd, I loved school, maybe not every subject, maybe not every teacher, but, um, I, I enjoyed it uh, almost every single year, except really sophomore year. But that's because uh, sophomore year sucks. <laughs> Sorry to the graders. <laughs> Love you. Um, good luck. It gets better. But, yeah, it's – and also the the last word that just came to mind is, indescribable and the irony because I'm super long-winded and just described a whole bunch of stuff but you know it's nothing you could prepare for it's every emotion you can't really articulate it and it's just a lot of highs and lows and just figuring out how you can be um the best exemplar for people who are looking up to you because you know everyone thinks like oh yeah teenagers they don't listen they don't care and that is such a lie such a lie um students well never mind students children and teens are so much more savvy and are so much more um observant And intelligent than I think society as a whole gives them credit for and on top of that anybody who's been through it knows puberty is not an easy time so to just be going through all of these motions at once and have your whole life essentially snatched away from you uh proms graduations myself wedding uh you know luckily I still was employed but like my life quote unquote was supposed to start I was going to finally move out of my parents' house and, uh, get married and go on a honeymoon. And it's like, (laughs) ha 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 ha, psych, let's put it all on pause. Mm -hmm. So, um, now I guess just diving more into like the personal side of me, just learning that, um, you know, there is more to me than being a teacher. I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm a fiance. I'm, you know, the other things that I can't think of right now. And I just, um, you know needed to cope with my own stress so throwing myself into work and being a perfectionist is my go-to and I was also juggling postponing a wedding and help take care of my mom who's elderly and just now what what's next where do we go from here and uh, things have definitely gotten better but you know, like life in general, things are cyclical. Things go up, things go down. One step forward, one step back. Sometimes two, sometimes twelve. So,
2: yeah, woof. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that was really well said, though, because like I feel like for everybody, no matter like which role you play in life, everybody is, like went through every single emotion during quarantine. They felt, they felt the highs, they felt the lows. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. It was, and you know what? too kind of
1: so many people didn't have an outlet during it all. And again, of course my focus is on the youth here, right? Like, okay, I'm an adult, haha, whatever that means. So if I needed to, I could hop in my car and go for a drive. I could go for a walk. I could, you know, ooh, go food shopping. Well, how exciting. Um, but still just getting out of the house, getting the sun on your face. And some of my babies haven't been outside in almost a year. They haven't seen anyone in almost a year, aside from parents, siblings, whoever's in their household. And, you know, just not to talk about the dark side of reality, but I think the cat's out of the bag, right? Like we might want to put on these facades and these images and everything's okay. And like the Elmo meme, like everything's a dumpster fire and just the world is burning. But Um, You know, you have had children and teens and and adults in abusive and negligent homes and schools where their escape and they can't even have that now. And just like, especially somebody like me, like, never mind caring and being compassionate no i am an empath i feel other people's emotions i internalize other people's emotions and i have to process that before i can almost process my own so just it it was so important like find what makes you happy whether it's journaling or binging an entire series on netflix or doing a face mask or facetiming with a friend like Whatever it takes, find something that makes you happy and carve that time into your day because this burnout culture that we've been a part of and been sustaining, it's got to go. Like, are we working to live or are we living to work? Because, yeah, everybody needs to be productive and have a skill set and ideally contribute something positive to this world. But... Are we sacrificing our sanity, our health, our uh, family time, just leisure, time to work out, whatever it is like balance has to come back. And I mean, we saw that never mind just in terms of pandemic and talking about mental and emotional and social health. But look at BLM. Look at what politics and the state of the world is like. I think And maybe this is me being the eternal optimist, like stuff had to hit the fan in order for us to stop and pause and just go, what are we doing here? What's important at the end of the day? Is that 99 that could have been 100 a really big deal? Is that snide comment that somebody said really worth getting into it is, you know, just Putting everything into perspective, what matters? And it's like society has said for years and years. I mean, just look at the 1960s, right? We want racial equality. We want um, equity for all. And we want to um, revamp the establishment to actually benefit the people. And we say that, and there have been so many great. Moves and movements, I should say, over history and figureheads that have stepped up to the plate and caused these amazing trickle down effects, but it still wasn't enough. And maybe all of us being cooped up at home and, you know, having just a collective loss and a collective experience made us go. No, but wait, we actually are sick of this stuff, and maybe let's talk about the things that were formerly taboo, and let's reposition power, and let's see, like, is the traditional way really the best way, or can we work smarter and not harder?
0: Going back to the issues that you just mentioned, has any of your students like texted you about Black Lives Matter, about the politics that are going on? Because I know some teachers, especially in my school, they feign ignorance and they just don't want to speak about it, especially when it's a big issue. And mm-hmm. especially when a lot of students are coming to them for that support and for that, I don't know, sa- sanity in a way. So yeah. have, how have you responded
1: um, so, I mean, I'll focus more on my current students because, of course, former students, especially the older groups, you know, I can, um, I don't want to say let my guard down, but I can speak more, um, I can share my own opinions instead of having to keep that professionalism, um, mm-hmm. as my priority. So, in terms of my own students coming to me about it, um, None of them have messaged me personally per se to talk about things and perhaps the reason why is because when something happens, I will pause whatever I intended to do, whether it was the five types of imagery or signposts or whatever it is that I had planned. And like, whoa, 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 like if we're actually going to teach culturally relevant things and adhere to the idea that social and emotional learning trumps everything, then we can't pretend that things are okay when they're not okay. So um, I am not a person of color. I am a woman. um, You know, my pronouns are she and her. So I have Um, And I was also fortunate enough myself to grow up in a super diverse neighborhood, went to really diverse schools. Um, So I have flavor in my system and I love it. And I've always taught in really diverse schools and I couldn't think about, you know, doing anything different. I just couldn't. But anyways, I digress. So back to the students and just how I'm responding to it, you know, just saying, guys, Uh, Hey, there was an insurrection that happened yesterday or, you know, uh, Amanda Gorman's inaugural speech, which is so kick ass. I don't care. Keep the curse in. I said what I said Um, and just amplifying uh, people of color's voices and making sure that I am checking in with my students like does anyone have any questions does anyone want to express themselves because I'm not the history teacher but you know English is the humanities and what we're going through right now is the epitome of the humanities so just um, teaching them things about critical thinking and um, really validating news sources because we do live in the age of technology and listen there 's more social media platforms, more news outlets than we know what to deal to do with how, how to cope with it and how to dissect it all so it 's so easy for us to just read a headline and go, oh, that's the truth instead of digging deeper. So encouraging them to make sure that you look at all sides of the story, all news outlets and go to independent outlets and make your own, um, draw your own conclusions. And of course, at this age, um, particularly middle school, people are so, um, influenced by their appearance by their mm-hmm. image by their brand if you will mm-hmm. and they also want to um, you know be validated by their peers but of course you know families so everybody is influencing everything um, I know we got a little bit on tangential here but circling back bringing it all home um, you know just teaching kids to think for themselves and that these are moments where we should stop and reflect and say, how did we get here? How are we going to prevent this from happening again? And, um, you know, some students definitely spoke up and asked questions and shared their experiences, their disbelief. And um, one thing that really resonated with me is um, a lot of students, a lot of my students that have immigrated from other countries particularly those that had political strife and hardship were like my parents left this country or that country to escape these um political issues and turmoil and here we are experiencing them now so it's just like the upside down, right? <laughs> it's like Stranger Things, but we're in real life. Um, I've also taught my students about the importance of um, being wary of censorship, especially as an English teacher. Again, I don't condone any hate speech whatsoever, any mm-hmm. inciting violence. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just a good person, right? Um, but. It's also very important to hear what the other side has Mm -hmm. to say. And I am going to do a shameless plug here. Anybody who hasn't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, get your behind onto your account onto a friend's account and watch it because again millennials i'm looking at you um and the next generation like we live eat breathe social media it's an escape for us it's a way that we keep in touch with people it's a way that we get life hacks and new recipes to cook but it's also a Extremely divisive, mm-hmm. and these algorithms that we can't even begin to fathom or understand, and all of this data that's being collected on us. Is it really just for consumerism? And, you know, throwback to our advertising project like, is it just to get people to buy things and to, you know, um, just get their dollar essentially? Or is there not to sound like conspiracy theorists here, but is there something deeper at play? Because yes, we live in a capitalist society, and mm-hmm. that kind of um, takes paramount over all politics. Right? Doesn't matter Democrat, Republican. What do we care about? Money. <laughs> that that's either the greatest equalizer or the greatest divider. So, um, you know, one snippet of the social dilemma was saying how um, because of these algorithms, people, whether you're Democrat, Republican, somewhere in the middle, um, you are being shown people, posts, influencers that predominantly agree with you. So it's not, it's almost like censorship by omission. So no one's actually saying you can't watch this. You can't read this. You can't look at this. But you're being geared to look at something very specific instead. So if it appears as that that is the only opinion and that is the right way to think, we're going to have major issues and um at the same token then something like reddit and gamestop and robin hood happens and everybody unites so it's you know just tread lightly with social media is something that i tell my students of course thinking critically making their own opinions and um you know not to get too political but like regardless of where you fall and here comes like the inner greek democratic savior (laughs) a true democracy has an educated populace. Mm -hmm. And number one, our populace isn't as educated as they could be because the jargon alone, right? Like, oh, anti-disestablishmentarianism? Yeah, it just rolls right off the tongue. What the hell does that even mean? So we don't have people truly knowing what this political jargon means on a surface level, how it affects them directly, how it affects them indirectly. We have, of course, presidential elections, like you can't escape them, they're everywhere. But what about local elections? What about your local assemblyman, your mayor, your um, senator, your congressperson, like, where is the attention for them? And again, this kind of all comes back to money, right? Whoever has the funding, has the loudest voice, has the most attention, has the most followers. Um So we don't have an educated populace because it's hard to disseminate that information. It's hard to break it down into layman's terms, whether you were born here and English is your native language or you immigrated and English is your 15th language. Um, It's hard to just navigate through all of that and um another reason why the populace isn't educated is because you know sometimes they don't want to like ah politics that's not for me it doesn't affect me it's boring it's annoying it's a bunch of angry you know not not as much but a bunch of angry white men just yelling at each other um i know that's i how i felt growing up watching my dad watch the news on sundays and um, to be perfectly honest, another real reason why the populace isn't educated is because they're being worked to death. At the end of the day, after a seven, uh, seven hour, a seven day work week, and you've been putting in way more than 40 hours, do you want to unwind with some peaceful political debates? Or do you want to just zone out and duh, SpongeBob, you know, like <laughs> I know what I'm choosing. So that's part one. Part two of all of this, like in terms of politics, it's so important to know that a true democracy doesn't mean a two party system. And we've become so um, blinded by this idea that there's only conservatives, there's only liberals, there's only Democrats, there's only Republicans. Sure. They are, of course, two very important, um, Factions and ideo- better yet, ideologies, I should say, um, that have sh- helped shape this country and the world uh, for better or worse. Uh, but if you really delve into politics, and I mean really from monarchies to oligarchies, bureaucracies, democracies, republics, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, Republicans and Democrats aren't as far apart as they are portrayed to be. Yes, of course, issues like abortion or foreign policy, yeah, there there are very striking differences. But if you look at, again, the whole grand scheme of politics, they're not that far off. And again, going back to money, people think those are their only two choices. When really we have libertarians, we have green parties, we have, you know, so many independents that don't even get the time of day because they can't even get their footing because almost like um, if you think of like Democrats and Republicans as being monopolies, they just squash out the competition immediately. Like they don't have millions of dollars. Like let's say any of us wanted to run for presidency or anything like you either need to hustle and network and just really be a whiz with getting your name, your cause, your stance out there, or you got to have a lot, a lot of money. And, uh, while I do play lotto from time to time, (laughs) you know, the likelihood of you winning and having that kind of bankroll is, you know, just not likely for most of us, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, just educating people that, There are more options out there. Look for them, ask them, demand them, create them. And, um, you know, just getting out there and believing that your vote matters, going and looking at local elections and, um, you know, if not to be cheesy, but if you don't see... The change that you want then you have to become it yourself so teaching my kids all of these things uh, within the context of course of words and concepts that they'll understand and just um, to help them you know cope with the emotional turmoil of it as well and you know I've had students of color my I don't want to say my whole life but my whole teaching career and I have seen disparities. I have seen the hardship and you know whether it's just um you know somebody that like the age old example you have somebody cross the street because of the color of your skin and they're afraid to potentially be near you because of stereotypes or you have um you know people that don't check their privilege i mean ugh, we could talk about this kind of stuff for days, but just you know, look, world peace starts at home, right? Look within yourself. If we're going to come together as people and have open and honest conversations, we have to check our biases. We have to check our privilege. And another thing is people tend to shut down when things get uncomfortable. They either, their defenses go up, they retract and recoil. But A little bit of uncomfortability is important. And remember, well, just going back to the whole social dilemma aspect, like throwing it back to our Socratic seminars, right? Not everybody is going to have the same opinion as you, and that's okay. But we all know, like, oh, Facebook's the worst. The social media... Soapbox people will make angry statuses and fight with people, thinking that they're going to change their mind, and it just resorts to name calling or people preaching to their to their choir. Like, is that the best form? Like, I remember even with the presidential debates, I told my students, "I'm like, I just want to say that you guys handled a debate more maturely than." presidential candidates, which just blew my mind. I was like, where is that bell? Somebody's got to mute these people. I'm like, they should have had a teacher moderating this, like get it together. (laughs) But um, in terms of BLM, you know, I think it is important to keep these conversations going, whether it's BLM or Me Too. These movements have a resurgence for a reason and again do we say we want change and are we just going to keep saying it are our kids going to keep saying it and our grandkids or are we going to put the work in and truth be told the night is darkest before the dawn and you know it's gonna take some nitty-gritty work and you know realizing What's broken or what no longer serves us, and we have to let that go. Um, but and everyone can be an advocate in their own way, and that's another important issue that I was talking about my students. You know, just because you're 12, 13, 14, however old, you can still enact change in your own way. I know a lot of my students were upset that they, um, couldn't vote in this election. And I think not all of them, but some of them will be too young in the next presidential election as well. But there are so many things that you can do to spread awareness and to champion ideals that you believe in. Again, you are all the kings and queens of social media. And this is more so talking about former students now, just seeing them post Fact checking information and reputable sources and um, mental health outlets and accounts to follow um, if you're feeling too overwhelmed because even you know we we all remember the black box or excuse me the black square that everybody posted and whoops jokes on us and we all jumped the bandwagon but you know don't be a follower look into it read closely read even closer. Then the closest and make your opinions. But, um, you know, just keep active, keep having these conversations and um, just keep pushing. That's really it. Like you can't you're more crafty than you think is my message to whoever is listening.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So like I uh, just like adding on to what you said like, thinking about, like, the whole quarantine situation, I feel like our generation, like, prior to what has happened, like, within a couple years, I feel like nobody really paid attention to politics or, like, the injustices that were going on. But I feel like because of the circumstances that we were in and all of the, like, time that we spent on social media, a lot of people just got, like, they gained awareness
1: of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. I mean, just look at somebody like AOC, right? Love her, hate her, feel how you want to feel about her. I mean, she is a young, energetic, extremely articulate, um, I would say empathetic human being who was able to go, you know, from the Bronx <laughs> um, and to Capitol Hill. And, you know, despite her traumas and everything else, that's... um Going on. I mean, look at the way that she has used social media as a platform to um, speak to her audience whether they love her or whether they hate her and um i think a lot of the future of politics is going to lie in that right because if you look at the majority of politicians out there they don't look like me or you they don't they're not you know teachers they're not well obviously they're too (laughs) they can't be (laughs) middle school students uh that that might not work so well but again democracy right everybody should have some degree of representation and sorry a 70 year old white guy with millions of dollars and a house on every coastline and more cars than he knows what to deal with he doesn't know the problems that uh, the majority of us are dealing with. And, uh, you know, there's a whole nother conversation to be had about politics and, you know, true motives and who's truly being helped and who truly has the power. And, you know, let's just pause on the politics for a hot second and just think about, big tech, right? And lobbyists and um, almost like the modern day monopoly, not to sound like Teddy Roosevelt, the OG, but, um, you know, we have companies right now, Google, Facebook, et cetera, that are bigger and more profitable than anything we have ever seen before. And yeah, you know, politicians, they pass legislation, they debate a lot, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, who are we checking? Um, let's say what uh, Joe Biden posted today on social media. Sure, we might be, but are we just scrolling through social media endlessly and falling down Reddit wormholes and just, you know, Falling victim to clickbait, and I think there's something to be said about that, and just the role that these companies are playing in the world right now. And again, all of this data collection—Are is it really because you want me to, you know, buy that new silk pillowcase on Amazon, or is there something deeper here? And um, I remember seeing a meme uh, over the pandemic that just said. Amazon, Walmart, Google, I forget which other big conglomerates. Um, you know, they made, they profited, I think, double the amount of money that all of the small businesses lost. And like my dad, shameless plug, felon florist, if you need any flowers, serving Manhattan since the 1930s. (laughs) Well, actually, the whole city, but um, we're now stationed in Long Island City. Valentine's Day is coming up. Get your flowers some, get your boo some flowers up. I already messed up the pitch. That's why I'm not a sponsor. um, You know, like these small businesses, um, even my vendors that uh, for my wedding, they are suffering so badly. Like just to quote my dad, he's like, listen, kid, I really want to do your flowers for your wedding. And yeah, Pop Pop, my grandfather, um, he was able to bring the business through the Great Depression. But and I was able to get through the recession of 2008, you know, the whole post nine eleven. But this might be what puts the final nail in the coffin. And of course, I hope not for him, for all of the small businesses out there, support, support, support. Um, but you know, like there's so many different dimensions to all of this right now. And again, like, look, this, we're talking about students and we've jumped to politics and economics and, you know, psychology, sociology, um, you know, it's everything to the TLDR of all of this is everything is so much more intricately connected than we think. Right. And, um, not to sound like Joe Rogan here, but there is, um, there is a oneness. And I think people are starting to wake up and not only because we went through this collective experience, a pandemic and all the grief and loss, but just like, wow maybe we're not so different and of course there are extremists and there are people who are trying to throw monkey wrenches in the in the mix um which is never good but i do believe at the end of the day there is more good than not and just look at nature right there or even the oldest philosophies yin and yang there's there's feminine, there's masculine, there's dichotomies, right? Here we go. English lesson, everybody, (laughs) you know, there are two, there's a duality in everything. And even our hardest moments, our best moments, like we need all of it to appreciate all of it. And all this whole life is temporary. So it's just coming to terms with like, wow. All of these things have different labels and we compartmentalize them and our brains are phenomenal, right? Our brains are a beautiful organ that allow us to, you know, live this life and keep us alive and internal, you know, just make sense of all of this sensory information. But sometimes it's very limiting. It, it You know, we are organisms we are animals we have limitations so i think somewhere in the mix of trying to make sense of all the world around us we've created our own unnecessary divisions and um not to sound like the ultimate hippie because yeah i am an age of aquarius is here ladies and gents you know love your fellow person love yourself love this earth like it's all it could all poof and disappear tomorrow right you know the things that we took for granted going to school and harassing our teachers and you know just sitting outside going to the beach going to a wedding all of those quote unquote normal things that are just you know kind of sort of coming back at a very slow pace it's all temporary and that goes for the good and the bad so just Keep pushing, keep going and, you know, try to make this place, try to make your life better and radiate positivity. And of course, there is something to be said. Be careful of toxic positivity because there is such a thing. (laughs) And, you know, it's just keep it real. And this kind of goes I'm just reminded of what I was saying earlier in the conversation about how there are so many parts for our identities and it's time to start embracing all of them and not just honing in on one specific thing Um, and tap into all of those things, explore, have fun. And, you know, you have one life unless, you know, (laughs) we're yet to be proven wrong. So make your mark. Do something meaningful and see what's out there, even if it's from your couch at the moment.
2: I feel like that's that's such a, like, a good, like, such a fresh, like, perspective and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, so just to, like, wrap this all, like, this whole session up. So, like, during quarantine, what's something that you've grown to appreciate more? Like, like, cause I know a lot, of, like, <laughs> a lot of stuff for granted or like something that you learned like throughout everything that we
1: went through. Oh gosh. Um, hmm. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a lot <laughs> is the short <laughs> word and I hate when my students say a lot, so I will expound. Um, all right. Lessons that I've learned. Oh boy. Things that I've taken for granted. Um, well, I suffer from something known as wanderlust and traveling is so very important to me. And of course, there has not been much of that going on right now, Um I was supposed to go to Israel last summer on my honeymoon, and we had so many cool things planned. We were going to hike in uh, the desert and see the sunrise, and we were going to do stargazing in the middle of the desert and float in the Dead Sea and check out wine country and do graffiti tours in Tel Aviv and check out the nightlife. And, haha, okay, yeah, well, that hasn't happened. Uh, But it will someday. It will someday. And, um, yeah, I just... God, I miss traveling, the feeling of the excitement leading up to a trip, planning your trip, your itinerary, um, all the things that you're going to do, all the things that you're going to see, you know, I am a teacher, so here I go. Traveling is one of the best teachers out there. Um, You learn so much about yourself, like your mannerisms, your interests, your disinterests. Um, You learn so much about the people you're traveling with, Um, you know, your friends who you mesh really well with, who's a slob, who's a neat freak. (laughs) Um, Of course, you learn about the history, culture, language. I mean, just Please, if there is nothing else that you do in this lifetime, get out of the town that you grew up in and go see what's out there. Try, like, uh, may he rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, um, crass, hilarious chef um, turned author. I highly recommend all of his shows, No Reservations, Parts Unknown. And, you know, if you really want to immerse yourself in the world, eat what other people are eating. And Speak the languages that other people are speaking and uh, listen to their stories, listen to their music, you know, uh, spend a day on the farm, spend a day at the beach, like go see what's out there because it will blow your mind. And I hate to say once you're bitten by the bug, uh, you will never be the same and you can travel on a budget. You can travel very bougie, <laughs> um, try to do a little bit of everything. Like I've, I've decided, all right, I cannot in good conscience spend thousands of dollars on a first class airline ticket. And cause you know, I just my, my bank account ain't like that. Um, but oh gosh. Yeah. That is something that I miss so, 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 so much. Um, second thing, and honestly this should have been first, but, um, family and friends like my family on the West Coast, um, San Diego, Tucson. I haven't seen my sister, I haven't seen my nieces in over two years now because we all thought we were gonna be reunited for the wedding. So, oh, why come out to New York? Why go out to California or Arizona if we're all gonna be reunited soon? Thank you, Rona. Appreciate it. Not really. Verbal sarcasm. Go fall off a bridge, but whatever. So, I mean, just those things like human touch, right? Hugging somebody, holding somebody's hand um you know seeing people's facial expressions like you know going to the supermarket I am my mother's daughter I always chop it up with the cashier because I know that they have it rough and I'm like how's your day going what's up oh is it busy what time do you get off your shift and you know you can see that their foreheads and their eyebrows and their eyes and of course their hands so you can get some body language some portion of a facial expression but just like Seeing people and being stimulated by something other than a stupid screen. My God, please, people, take breaks from these screens. Like wear blue light glasses. Turn candlelight mode on your computers and your phones and stuff. Um, do not work from bed and destroy your back and your neck like I did in the spring. Work from your dining room table, like the bathroom, wherever you can make an office or just a workspace for yourself. Um, actually don't do the bathroom (laughs) 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 but um in any event you know just um You know, those little interactions, those little things like not having to wait online, not having to wear a mask, being able to breathe, especially as an asthmatic over here. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) under my mask. And, of course, it's a necessary thing. Like, please wear them. Sanitize everybody. Purell. You know, I used to be stocked. Ha ha. Not anymore. (laughs) Um, But just, uh, yeah, those little things. But uh, just celebrations, right? Like again, here I keep talking about weddings, but just to dance. Oh my gosh. Just blast music and dance until you are a sweaty, disgusting mess and just feel the energy and have everybody around you just as hyped up as you are. Oh my gosh. A concert, like dance festivals. I mean, I, I'm like, I don't care if I'm 55 when the next Izu comes out. I will roll out there, you know, and instance all night long. Um, my heavy metal concerts, I will headbang with the best of you. Um,
0: Broadway,
1: uh, any type of art, really, just performance. Like, I, my best friend Billy and I from. Um, uh, well yeah I guess it would be high school um, we are just like big musical geeks together and the last show that I saw on Broadway was Beetlejuice and it was amazing and I'm like wow if only I knew that was going to be my last show it's just wild to think about um, especially as New Yorkers right the hustle the bustle I to be perfectly honest I don't really miss that aspect too much of it like I, I do like slowing down and listen humans where we respond to change and we do acclimate but at the same token we also hate change right and whenever life um recalibrates or we find a new normal believe it or not everybody there are going to be things about this i don't want to say pandemic let me catch myself there are going to be things about being at home um that we miss as well, whether it's like seeing our parents or spending time with our pets or, you know, not having to sit in traffic forever. Um, so there's, you know, there's always a silver lining if you look for it. Um, oh gosh, other things that I miss, those are really my biggest things, travel, family, friends, celebratory vibes, dancing, um, you know, just, concerts arts yeah those are my biggest heavy hitters um everything else there's there's a way right there there's alternatives you can make it happen but those things eh, you know and oh wait (laughs) meeting students face to face oh man i mean i um proctored um, the specialized high school test last week and that was the first time that I met some of my students in person and again some of them didn't recognize me I didn't recognize some of them because masks this that the other and also some of them haven't been on camera at all they've never unmuted themselves they just exist as a name and a letter and a circle or in the chat and I definitely have developed a rapport with them and i you know of course love them just as much as i've loved any kid that i've taught or will teach um but god is that something i take for granted i i guess that's one thing i took for granted is like it was always magical but that energy and me and um uh, somebody who I'll call chestnut (laughs) for those inside listeners. Um, we have talked so many times about how we miss being able to vibe off of each other and crack jokes. And again, facial expressions, body language, group work, um, you know, having students find their voices again, like, uh so many of them as the year has gone on have stopped turning on their cameras and they're not participating as much as they once were and i know why it's it's not a secret and you know i'm going to keep my camera on messy bun and zits like i'm 13 all over uh. again <laughs> to keep myself humble and to encourage them to do it as well but um, yeah, uh, just to be able to joke with my kids and see them every day. And, you know, all of the the weird things that happen in a classroom. Uh, <laughs> you know, I miss all of it. Even, you know, uh, I know you're out there. Anybody who's given me a hard time in the classroom. Yes, I miss that. I will say I don't miss yelling, though. Not that I was ever really much of a yeller, but um, two perks of quarantine or t- distance learning. I have not raised my voice once because like, what are you gonna be like, stop fighting? No, Nobody's fighting like that. That's not happening. Um, and knock on wood. I have been probably the healthiest <laughs> this year. Girl, listen, not a sinus infection, not strep throat, not bronchitis, not cold. Please, like, not no, going. none of it. Um, but, you know, I love my little middle schoolers, but kids, you're dirty. You don't wash your hands. (laughs) You come back from the bathroom with my pass and you didn't wash your hands and you didn't use Purell. You're stinky. (laughs) So, um, or of course, like kids like coming to school because they had a test that day and they're dying on the desk in front of you with like a hundred fever and, but I had to take your quiz. No, you didn't. You had to stay home and get better and not get the rest of us sick. But of course there are many reasons as to why that happens. Um, so lessons learned. Oh boy. Um, burnout culture needs to end and I need to help be a part of that. Um, hmm. teaching is such an undervalued profession. Oh my goodness. I've always appreciated educators. I've had so many wonderful educators in my life. um, And I appreciate my colleagues. I appreciate my administrators. But, whoa, are we an underfunded? Are we underappreciated? Are we... um, what was the underpaid <laughs> uh you know all of the unders that you can include um and you know it's whatever I'm just gonna say it, um when the pandemic first hit, and eh, oh you know teachers, we love you, thank you so much, and there are some people who still absolutely feel that way, and then there are some people like. You know, these teachers, they're just collecting paychecks and they're not doing anything. And I'm teaching my own kids. I could do this and I didn't even go to school for it. And blah, 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 blah. And or or I should say, you know, um, testing is so important and numbers, numbers, data, data. And listen, yes people should be proficient, people should have foundational skills, otherwise they are going to suffer in life and that is the greatest disservice ever. But we went from appreciating teachers and educators kinda sorta to forgetting that very quickly and just education as a whole, like a vibe. Are we going to really put students social and emotional learning first and cultural responsiveness Or are we still worried about test scores and things of that nature? Because to be perfectly honest, it's very hard to have both. They are, you know, very different animals. And if you're truly going to be empathetic and, you know, teach the child or the teenager holistically and, you know, be completely honest and transparent with them and embrace different cultures and give them a voice and project-based learning or service-based learning and um, all of those really revolutionary things in teaching that are awesome and make for the best lessons not only for the students to learn but for also us to teach uh the creative stuff the expressive stuff like does that matter or are we teaching to a test and worried about minutia and giving these testing companies millions of dollars that could be so so um better off allocated towards um, programs and mentoring and, um, the arts, sports clubs, you know, um, so many things like I, um, Ooh, actually, I know my next um, part of my answer. So um, I've learned all of that. Um, just like, hey, the future of education is now. And I think that technology does have a role in education and will forever. He- for- blah, blah, blah. And it will from here on out forever. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, we saw like, wow, how many students don't have cell phones, don't have iPads, don't have Chromebooks, don't have Reputable Wi Fi. Um, That was a pandemic, or I should say an epidemic in and of itself, people not being able to hook up and continue their education. And of course, there are great resources out there. You know, it's not all just about the computer, and just like social media, technology can be used for good or bad. And there is also Um, something to be said about reading a physical book and writing something down and how the brain literally processes and remembers information differently when you type, as opposed to when you write, um, you know, keeping those things alive. Like there are certain traditions that we shouldn't just be so quick to brush off. And there are some that we should totally be like, yep, next, um, other, oh, somebody else joining us. (laughs) (laughs) a glitch oh sorry anyways um see technical difficulties (laughs) gotta love technology right guys um but in any event another thing that i learned um is to not be so hard on myself and to Set boundaries. Um, I'm still learning. Hi, I'm 30 and I have not perfected that yet. I am a perfectionist. I am my own worst critic. I always put work first. I'm a people pleaser. It's hard for me to say no. So I just add on, add on, add on, add on. And when am I taking care of me? And when am I doing things to set boundaries? up the rest of my life and to pay attention to my family and my friends or to just have a mindful moment and meditate or just do nothing. Um, So last year, it was really tough. The beginning of this year, it was kind of like part two. It really took me until the second quarter to kind of establish a balance. And again, there are some days where I'm on the computer like this week, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, it was eight o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night. Um, yesterday, I think it was like four four thirty. Today, I think it was again four four fifteen. Like the the school day. <laughs> here, let another uh, truth bomb, everybody. A teacher's day does not start when they walk into the building, and it does not stop when they leave the building. So let or, or when they open the laptop, shut the laptop. That mm-hmm. is a lie, lie, lie. Grading, planning, parent contact. Um, professional development if you're still getting your own degrees going to school so getting your certificates, so you can keep teaching and can keep making that cheddar Um, you know so boundaries 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 and it's a learning experience Um, two more lessons that I've learned one would be that I am Um, you know, more than just a teacher, I guess that kind of ties into the perfectionism and boundaries, but just like, there are other parts of me that I need to cultivate as well. And, um, you know, just to appreciate everything, show so much gratitude and just know that it could all disappear tomorrow. And, um, to always keep learning, stay humble, like, (laughs) this might not be the best thing for me to say as a teacher, but we know nothing. You know, if if, uh, yes, we're intelligent beings and we have languages and we have mathematics and we have crazy, amazing technology. And there are such philosophical discussions and, you know, there we're, we're smart, right? We, we, I won't take that away from anybody, but, when you think about um hmm, getting back in touch with what it means to be human i think that's a really big lesson to be learned like look i uh, this is a lot of my upbringing right here but um native american cultures are really important to me um a lot of like eastern thinking buddhism is really important to me um and a lot of these cultures and peoples were originally seen as being let's say savage or inferior because um, they lived off of the land or they were you know barbaric because of their practices or because they didn't dress a certain way or because they were spiritual and not religious um and you know, when you really delve into these cultures and ancient peoples, um, native peoples, you see that there's different types of intelligence out there. And, you know, whether it's spatial, linguistic, mathematical, that's all lovely, but there's a part of us that needs to tap back into, like, the natural intelligences again. Like, you know, if all of us were just thrust outside right now into the well it's not blizzarding anymore but it's still pretty brick out there and tons of snow you know no electricity just the clothes on your back right natural intelligence so um there's something to be said with getting back in touch with nature the seasons the stars i mean you know light pollution right like we even on the clearest night out there us new yorkers maybe not the whole rest of the state but those of us closer to the city like we're we might see the moon we might see the big dipper we might see the little dipper but we don't see the stars like how we could um we don't know well not all of us but people don't know how to survive the elements like they once did, how to build a shelter, how to build a fire, how, what to eat, what not to eat. Um, all of those like survival necessities We're we're very cushiony, (laughs) even in the middle of a pandemic, right? We still have comforts like compared to, let's say, the pandemic of 1918 or pandemics before that that weren't even recorded or, you know, the Black Plague, um, you know, we have more comforts than not. So just getting in touch with nature, what it means to grow something, what it means to cultivate something, what it means to literally reap what you sow uh, and, of course, figuratively um, and just learning about plants and animals and preserving habitats conservation um you know there's so much money and research put into um you know testing things for i mean look just like the coronavirus vaccine right like we need science that's completely indisputable but there's if we open our eyes and slow down and smell the roses, we'll see that we really have everything we need around us. And, you know, staring at a blue screen is not ever going to replace the sunshine on your face. And, you know, hearing, let's say, a really cool song that's like, you know, super techie and has all these samples and sound effects isn't going to replace a bird chirping out your window. And, um, you know, there's just enjoy nature we're a part of it it's a part of us and even though we might want to be Elon Musk cyborgs running around with Neuralink and chips in our brain yeah that might be wonderful and it might help us eradicate diseases and all of these awful things that have um caused conflicts for centuries millennium uh millennia rather and uh but there. Don't forget what we have right in front of us. Like, don't be so quick to find the new earth that we're going to replace this one with if and when we destroy it. Like, take care of what you have right now. You know, reduce, reuse, recycle. Be nice to children. Be nice to animals. You know, they're the innocents. They're, you know, they're looking to you for guidance. And... um yeah just take a moment and enjoy the beauty of it all, even the chaos, even the storm, right like there's just still such power there's such you know like whoa, be be humbled, whoa. you really want to be humbled? Watch a video that shows you how small earth is in the um, grand but, of the universe, I'm right so like. Sorry. Where we are in the solar system, where we are in this galaxy, where this galaxy is in the supercluster, where the supercluster is at. Da, da, da. I mean, we're, to quote my fiance, we're scum on a rock, right? We're, we're smart scum on a rock, but, um, you know, we're, don't just, don't ever have this superiority complex because there's always going to be someone bigger, faster, better, stronger. And that's okay, right? Embrace what your talents are what your strengths are and um <laughs> I remember the whole monolith thing that was happening we were wondering if we were going to have an alien invasion was the next part of a 2020 apocalypse bingo um you know there when we think about aliens you know it might not be a green fuzzy guy with big black eyeballs. Alien could just be bacteria growing on another planet. Or it could be some type of being that we don't even have the mental capacity to imagine because we can only process certain things. So all this to say um, the truth is out there. You never know what's out there. Keep learning. Keep exploring. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to others. And... (laughs) Wow, if that wasn't a life coach TED talk, I I don't know what it will (laughs) be. Well, (laughs)
0: that ends Quarantine Chronicles with Isa
2: And Deanna.
0: And we just want to say, Mrs. Scaris, that we really appreciate you. You're one of the most appreciated
2: teachers out here for us. And I know some of your former students. I know even though you're underappreciated by the world, we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, you the
1: most. <laughs> thank you. It's been I a- appreciate it. I appreciate your appreciation. <laughs> and to anybody who's listening, go thank someone of course yeah it'd be nice if you thanked a teacher but turn your damn cameras on unmute yourselves let them know like we're people too and yeah we're we're smiling we're bubbly and we're trying to be strong for you and entertaining but I can't tell you like my kids right before um, the December break they did one of the TikTok challenges where they all like did the thank you letters at the same time of course tears were shed and it's just little things Go so far right now. Let somebody know you love them. Thank them. And um, I just have to say thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Thank you for being a part of my life. Anybody out there listening who knows me even a little bit, like we're all on this journey together. You've made me who I am. I hope um, I'm, I've am i helped or am helping you. Uh, you become a better version of yourself. And... Um, Yeah, I just, uh, you don't have to be a teacher that went to school for teaching to be one either, right? We have teachers all around us, our friends, our parents, um, you know, animals, nature, it's the lessons are there if you just open your eyes wide enough and, you know, maybe shush for a second to listen. (laughs) Giggle, 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 giggle. <laughs> uh, In conclusion,
0: again, this has been Quarantine Chronicles. Isa. Deanna. And Miss Oscar. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Thanks for having bye. me, ladies. <laughs>